Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye. And I'm R. Neville Johnston. And tonight's program is going to be a combination of things. We'd like to um, have a, a great deal of audience participation this evening. So if you've had questions you've been thinking about, now this particular program is a very good program to call in and ask. Today in Mayan is the beginning of a wave spell. It's the beginning of the Chichan wave spell, uh, which is the feathered serpent, is the Chichan being uh, the mythos being that the uh, top of the canopy of the jungle contained birds, which had feathers, feathered, and then the ground was the serpent. So uh, the feathered serpent is about as high of a waveform as you're possibly going to get. And there was a 400-year administration of kings in the Mayan culture, uh, all of whom were born Chichan, various tones, but all Chichan. The Mayan calendar is a very real and very different way of looking at time. Uh, the calendar is made of um, 28 days. All of the months are 28 days. Uh, it goes on and on. There's an incredible truth in it, and a lot of people can simply feel this. So if you're particularly moved by the Mayan calendar, uh, then uh, do get in touch, and we uh, provide classes uh, for the subject. Now, uh, there's a lot, lot of different ways we can go on the show. The, I was recently noticing how much has changed in my life, our life, in the last decade. What's different about the 21st century? Uh, the tech appears to have exploded and, and formed an identity onto itself. Uh, uh, the iPhones, the uh, unbelievable advances in technology that has made itself very user-friendly. I can actually figure things out, so I know they're user-friendly, because I'm a user, and I'm friendly. So all of this makes sense to me. And um, we, we do so much uh, for the elevation of uh, we, the human race. I was looking at uh, shows done earlier on, and uh, uh, we used to begin this program with a sentence very simply, um, if you believe someone that makes more money than you do is a better person than you are, then turn this program off right away because that is such an untruth, that is such a myth thinking that it would, be, it would require uh, an enormous focus to get through. So it's easier to just wait until you're at the point where you realize that your salary doesn't determine who you are. And I believe now that there's a much broader base of people not forming their identity based on how much money they make or how much they have or uh, the material end of things. There are more and more people recognizing their worth based on the fact that, that it is simply worth. It doesn't have to be earned. It doesn't have to be proven. It simply is. And uh, that is a great breakthrough. The uh, earlier programs that we did, the, the, you can just see the upgrade and um, the revelation that has come from that. So next week, if you would like to call in and talk about uh, how you have changed in the last decade, that will be the theme of the show coming up. So this week, we can talk about many things. The latest book, and now another book of uh, rituals, is forming in my mind, and 
I'm making notes, and that's a long process. A book is, a book used to be like, well, 50 years. <laughs> and then you write it down, and there's the book. And then uh, six years later, there was the second book. And then four years after that, there was the next book. And I'm thinking maybe two years from now would be the next book, except I've already written another book called uh, Metaphysical Short Stories, which is uh, the next thing percolating to the surface in uh, the writing end of things. Now, when I wrote the 11 Self-Empowerment Protocols, the Protocols book, uh, the first protocol was to begin your day with I claim my power and get into that as the first thought you think every day, which I did for a very, very long time until I just simply forgot to do that because it was a given that I could remember that I am and have power. So these days, the ritual of awakening, as I would like to call it, involves, uh, I, it, it keeps changing, but it's around a dozen trinities, and uh, including building the Merkaba. And so I just wanted to start with the idea that once I am aware that I am no longer asleep, but I haven't yet opened my eyes, that hypnagogic state, that place between the worlds, uh, I have trained my mind to take that place and begin from there. Not quite awake, definitely passing out of, but still partially in the dream time. So that space in between the worlds. And the first thing I do these days, since claiming your power and all that is uh, something that I, something that is masterable, uh, I first ask for a review of the night's dreams. And uh, then there's a, a certain amount of meditation involved in what was dreamt and uh, how to translate that. And um, those that keep dream journals, uh, you would write the dream or you would discuss the dream with someone else to get it to enter a different dimensional plateau. So then... In dealing with the dreaming would be the first thing, the first part of the Trinity. The second part of the Trinity, of the first Trinity, is the idea of the conscious breath meditation, which is where you just place your attention upon your breath and uh, don't even bother to count, just keeping your attention there and, and it will wander the question is, where does it wander to? And then where it wanders to is a big indicator of, uh, usually, of uh, where I may choose to work on improving myself. So, review of dreams, the breath meditation, and then what door opens there to what piece of rewriting who it is that I am. Now, uh, another whole adjunct to this, and on an ideal day, the first, uh, the, the conscious breath will lead me to the recollection of myself before I began incarnations, the recollection of the part of God that decided to become independent, decided to become a God in and of itself, uh, a soul, and I would use the word commander because um, the first 
decision made is to form an identity separate from God, but not having yet separated. And that being, that part of myself, has reminded me of a good many things. And uh, even this morning, there was uh, the interview with that part of myself. And uh, the recollection of uh, being without a body, and the recollection of being able to be anywhere is very different from the being here in a body sitting talking right now. So the third part of the awakening. And then uh, I go through a a series of um, trinities, two more trinities, and then I meet with a um, guardian angel, so to speak. Guardian angel is a very old word. I say I meet with a guide, would that word do? Uh, meet with a being that I've known as my angel for a very long time. And uh, the angel speaks to me, and I speak to the angel, and the angel, as a general rule, will be reminding me to be aware of something about me. And uh, then the angel and I meet with another being. And I don't remember if I've said this or more than this lately on the show, but this is what goes through. Uh, when I saw the um, movie Avatar, I noticed that there were no gray avatars. The race did not seem to have. It may have been that I didn't notice one of the elders had gray hair. But in this uh, revelation that I had in this meeting with uh, an angel, I met with um, being with gray hair who was of the avatar nature and recognized that in avatar one would notice that a fruit would have a certain color when it was mature, when it was ripe, when it was ready to be eaten, when it was done with its process, it would change color. And so <clears throat> I've always heard so much of gray. Yes, they do have gray hair. Hmm. I've heard so much of gray heads, you know, from any writing that was done around the late 1700s, always talked about the um, gray heads being the, um, the more mature people. And so the hair color changes. And so I recognize that as we humans mature and become gray, uh, then we have acquired a certain amount of wisdom. And then it is possible to harvest that wisdom, which would explain the series of books and all the rest of this, but just puts it in a different perspective for me. So that's what I got from the meeting with the uh, angelic this morning or over the last series of days where I've been formulating this, came to meet with. And then I began to ask to meet with the beings that, say, let's say Tesla, okay, who was a genius about um, electricity. And then I asked for the trinity of electricity. We know electricity is a plus and a minus, yes, okay. Well, what's the third point? Observing it, a correct answer what's the third flow of electricity because there must be a third flow. There has to be. And I recognized then that the third flow was um, in one description, the atoms going in opposite directions at the same time through the same space. And when I looked at that, the space became a spiral. Now this was talking to people that Tesla counseled with spiritually. 
So I got the idea of spiral electricity as being the third element in electricity. So you can see how this stuff builds, how the, uh, the mind opens doors. Uh, through the idea of Trinity thinking is a very important concept. So the, uh, the next part of the, the thinking that I do is to find something that ticks me off. <laughs> That's difficult. No, not so difficult. Some, I have actually had to figure out what made me upset, set up is probably more the word. Uh, on some mornings, I'm quite surprised to have not been upset about anything. Other mornings, it's very easy to figure out what that was. <laughs> Hi, I'm the thing that upsets you. Welcome, we love you. Yes, come here, come here. Oh, it ran away. Okay, no, we love you. And since we love you, then you're no longer upsetting me. So then the, the trinity of, uh, written in the book as the Teflon trinity, the um, trinity of um, this is upsetting me, I will therefore allow it once I allow it, then it no longer owns me. It's mine, so to speak. I give it permission to be. That chair is, okay, then I'm not upset with it, if you follow what I'm saying. And you did, up until I said the word if. So, the language codes, which I've explained and taught for a thousand years now, the language codes is a very easy concept to get a hold of. Uh, a program is to a computer as a word is to the human mind. In other words, you have a word in your head and you have a program running. And the book is full of programs running that we don't know are running. Our words, our language is full of triggers and we don't know this, but we are triggered by them. For example, if I say we have a problem, then the person who has heard, oh, we have a problem, uh, puts on a suit of armor and sharpens their weapons, and they know that they've been drafted, and they know that they are in, pardon the expression, trouble. There really is no such thing. And they know that they are going to go to, pardon the expression, war. Okay. But they don't know who, what, where, any of it. Okay. Now, the book is saying you take the word problem and you substitute the word solution, uh, symptom. We have a symptom. Houston, we have a symptom. And the symptom is, very apparently, the government not telling those people what the parts were going to be used for. Because if you had walked into the company and said, hi, I'm going to strap this on 168 tons of exploding rocket fuel, the engineers of the company would have said, get out of here now. This won't possibly work. Either you can let us do this right, or you can go away. Uh, but the government did not tell them, and so they made it according to the government specs, and it did not work. And when the astronauts said, Houston, we have a problem, the company took the hit, and as far as I know, it does not exist anymore. Okay, so if you hear the word problem, you substitute it with the word symptom. And this is a very, very intelligent way to think. Our words more or less dictate our, not more or less, our words dictate our view of life. And dictate, like dictator, they tell us 
how we feel about things, and we don't know this. And when you say a certain word, then that sets off a program running in your head, and you just act that program out. And it's time for us to be sovereign of our thoughts, rather than reactions to words. And that's the series of Language Codes books. It's very important for us to be on it about the way in which we perceive and receive information. It's time for us. The books all talk about granting you your own ability to understand what happens to the quantum field when you throw a word into it because the quantum field formats according to the way in which we tell it. The quantum field will do what you tell it to do. And we don't know we have this kind of authority and power, and, and we have this list of words that create disaster around us. For example, if you say, uh, it was hard to get here because of traffic, then that's the, the memory of the experience you just had gets written with the word hard. And therefore, that causes that to be true. And we're bigger than this. We're, uh, one of the main protocols is to remember that whatever it is, you're bigger than it. You created it. Not only that, you can change it. And you can change it simply by changing the way in which you think. It's a very easy thing to do. Change things by changing the way in which you think. The old word for that, way back, magic. That was the word. You just change your perception of it, and it changes. Uh, when I was a much younger man, I did an enormous amount of artwork, and a lot of the artwork was taking aluminum utensils and making them into standing figures and masks and all kinds of things. And you would take something like a spoon made out of aluminum and convert it into an eye on, on an elliptical plate, let's say. And if you wanted more forehead, then you would put another, uh, say, pot lid on it. And you could make masks. And I made masks, and they became uh, actually well-selling. It, it got to the point where I recognized that I, I had the principle here. You can take that spoon and it can be a tongue, it can be a mouth, it can be an eye, it can be an ear, according to what I tell it. Now I get you to recognize what I told it to be by placing it on the side of the mask and it's therefore an ear, or placing it in the center and it's therefore a nose, or placing it in something else and it's therefore a tongue, or, you know, the eyes. And so I got that, but then I wanted other people to comprehend this, that you keep telling everything what it is, and it does it. And we, we really, at this point, are recognizing our power much more than we ever have before, but we are not quite to that point. And so the creativity goes on and on and on, and um, through the series of books and the books still to come. And uh, there's a point at which I will just go back to doing art because I really do get the point of doing art. 
And art is a very interesting thing because it goes into the future. I've been uh, spending the last four or five summers in a row making uh, furniture. I just design stuff, but um, buying more and more tools and making more and more furniture. Another aspect of what it is we do here uh, is to me coming through crystals, and that's many, many, many of us are recognizing crystals. And what a crystal is is an amplification, uh, or it is possible to use a crystal to amplify whatever it is you would like amplified, which can be anything. So I can use this crystal at this very moment. Hi, crystal. Hello. Okay. When we um, do the teaching on the crystals, the crystals are very, very kin to human beings. And in fact, the same elements that make up your anatomical brain um, make up a crystal in the same proportions. There we go. <laughs> I will hold it like this until we get the shot that we would desire. Now, I can use the crystal to broadcast an ultra-dimensional effect into the wherever this thing would like to go. There we go. And it's just this little civilization of smaller crystals. There we go. It exists on the surface of this one thing. So the, the crystal is a device. Now, as I said, when we began this program, we would say things like, if you believe somebody that makes more money than you is a better person than you, then don't watch the show. So today I'm saying, if you believe that um, the crystal is nothing, that it's just a rock, and that it has no other properties, again I say, don't watch the show, because we just know better than that. So, and if you do recognize it, and you do recognize the then call up other people and ask them, you know, come join the show. We have a lot of, of fun to have here in the 21st century. And uh, the first caller, hi caller, what's your name please? Hi, it's James. Gene, what can we do for you? How do I, I was wondering, how do I get your book? How do I go around finding a copy of your, your new and latest book? Uh, you can get it at Amazon.com. It's um, Hidden Language Codes, R. Neville Johnston. There's also language codes, and there's um, 11 self-empowerment protocols, all oh, three. All three. That's great. I was also wondering, where, where's Mary tonight? Is, is she, are you just hosting a show by yourself tonight? Yes. Uh, Mary's um, unable to attend this evening, but oh, she cool. will be back next week. And how do we go about uh, like coming on your show for, for like the audience? Oh, uh, just email telepathictv.com and say you will be there at a particular show. And also say if you would like to be the one who dangles the duck. Okay. The all-important <laughs> duck dangling awesome. position. All right, thank you so much, Neville. Well, thank you. That's very cool. Uh, any dreams or anything else we can do for you? Or are we gone? Could be we're gone. Okay. Gene, thank you very much for calling. We'd love to hear from you again. And uh, that was very nice of you to ask, and I probably would not have mentioned that. Uh, you can get, you could write me directly, and I can send you an autographed copy of the book, or books uh, also, and that's um, the normal home number, 703-860-2333. Uh, call there, and uh, we can uh, work all that out. So, the idea of uh, recognizing crystals as something that can 
But you said that Atlanteans recognize crystals and their properties like mad. Uh, it is fact, it is known that the um, Atlantis sunk owing to a... So you cannot really say misuse because it was a... Uh, there's no such thing as misuse. Uh, but not a use that served us well as Atlantis more or less vibrated itself to the bottom of the Atlantic, certainly underwater to say the very least. Uh, and we can, the, the point being to ascend to a higher vibration, I do believe that all human beings are born with the spirit level edict to become a greater person. I am certain that that is the code that we were brought in here for. Now, what a greater person is is, is completely debatable. However, that we all came here to become better. Okay. Now, these days, a lot of people are, are taking that slower route, which is perfect. Everybody's where they're supposed to be. I'm not Say, judging or any of the rest of that, the idea of being, um, of ascending, of becoming better. When I look at the, the history of the life, my life, I can see where there was a constant, over the period of years, but constant and actually consistent upgrading of who it is I am uh, to the point, well, we don't know what the end point is like. The, after the being shot to death and waking up in the hospital and suddenly being able to see people in their past lives and then realizing that I could get the people to see the past lives for themselves and then they could get enough of a meal out of that to cause revelation within their own life. And then that for many, many years was the exclusive life work. Uh, there's other methods less stringent less the upgrade that you get from seeing your past life and recognizing the the parallel to the current life puts quite a bit of revelation into people the reading of palms uh, you know a few shows ago a few shows um was that even a year ago uh we asked people to uh send in uh, copies of their poems, and I would read them on the air. And I believe that that is a good idea. And the, Mary has forever been doing readings uh, through the tarot and various decks, uh, her own decks. Uh, Mary has got to two decks that she invented that are that is on telepathictv.com uh, that are set up that you could do your own reading right there through Mary's decks, which I recommend highly. That's a very, very good thing to do. And uh, to return to my theme here, if you wish to email in a um, print of your palm where you would scan it without flattening the palm against the screen, scan it, but it has to be in focus, has to be legible. Our, our modern scanners are capable of doing this. Scan it and email it in, and I'll print it out and we'll read your poem for you if you would like to do that. We'll do this in a future show, uh, which we might divide in half with uh, Mary doing readings or readings uh, through tarot for people. Actually, Mary does quite a bit of just intuitive reading of people 
the cards are not necessary, but that's used because it's commonly accepted. But uh, it, and all certainly we are capable of uh, just perceiving things about people. It's actually a lot of fun because we do it all the time. You do it. Now, whether or not this is in the top of your mind, whether or not you recognize it and act on it is a completely different subject. But we, the human race, are very, very telepathic. It is the amount of doubt that is inherent in our world that keeps us from knowing this and acting on it. So stop all that doubting and trust your own gut. The reason that expression is in the language is the gut has not yet learned to doubt. The brain speaks and thinks in a doubting language. So getting the telepathy all the way to the top of the brain to recognize it as having been broadcast uh, from someone else to you happens, but there's no language to translate that. In other words, oh, I had an idea. Actually, that was sent to you. Okay. Now, since it is a correct answer that we are all one, so we cannot actually claim thoughts, although we do. You know, intellectual property and all that. So the idea of um, getting your focus to the point where you can notice that a thought was sent to you rather than just floated through. Uh, just to explain this from a different perspective, ideas go through our universe in waveform. And when this waveform hits, let's say, a less advanced planet than our own, that waveform may take the form of the discovery of fire. When it hits a planet that's developed around where we are, uh, then that might be a cold fusion, a fission, whatever that word is, uh, might be um, plasma drive. Uh, a century ago, that was uh, that waveform, and it's a long waveform, evidently, took the form of um, oh, internal combustion engine. Same waveform. Just depends on what gets it. Now, on a given planet, when this waveform passes through, maybe a tenth of the beings will get conscious mind view of it. And of the tenth of the beings, let's say one percent will actually speak it. And then half again will write it down, and half again will build a working model, and half again will perfect the working model, and half again will get it uh, into a form of being manufactured, and half again will um, produce it and begin to get it spread throughout the um, uh, world. Uh, Galileo, the inventor of the telescope, um, had seen someone else playing with lenses and uh, upgraded what he had seen done. But he was then regarded or touted as the man who invented the telescope. But technically, it was a waveform that was going through our planet. And 
dozens of people that we know nothing about played with lenses. Just Galileo, uh, because of the church thing, it's the wave, yes, the crew is doing the wave. Uh, Galileo, because of the church, festooning his intestines or causing him to recant. And I, I would prefer to re-won't if I was going to do anything. Um, but he's the one that got the uh, common credit for the invention of the telescope. And he one day looked through it the wrong way and then was touted as having created the microscope, but that's a very little known story. And um, there were a lot of close-ups involved. All right, so, well here, call in. Let us know uh, what it is that we can do for you as far as, and today's the beginning of a wave spell. This day in your life is a beginning of something. The question would be what? This in particular with the shadow going over it. There we go. This is a piece of sodalite. And the sodalite is associated with quelling the negative effect of electronic vibration coming from, let's say, your TV set or your computer. So if you have a computer, you are doing yourself a major favor to get a piece of sodalite. And the, hi there, I'm the man in the sodalite. Hear me fizz. Okay, fine. Uh, piece of sodalite for your electronic equipment to get it to calm down and play nice. Because as good as we are at getting electrons to focus, we have been, uh, you know, the, the invention of the cathode ray tube, the television tube, uh, had a little gun that aimed electrons at something that responded to it. Now, as much as we believe the electrons stopped at the responder, not so much. So you're sitting there in front of the cathode ray tube, uh, more or less bombarding your skull with these electrons, which they figured out, not so much. So then in the uh, great new invention of the flat screen, uh, there isn't nearly the amount of electrons bouncing around inside your brain after this little ray gun shoots it at you. All right. And we, oh, hi. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, my name is Ariel. I'm calling from Washington State. Hi. Well, welcome. Hi. <laughs> um, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. um, I would just like to um, see if you have any kind of intuition about a decision that a partner and I, my partner and I, are making. Um, we've decided not to have children and focus our lives more on other creative pursuits. Congratulations. And, yeah, and um, we have two questions. One is just, you know, your intuition on, you know, whether this is the best decision we could be making. And secondly, um, in having the procedure, the vasectomy, if that will be causing any kind of energy redirection or blockage. Uh, as I understand it, the answer would be no. Mm -hmm. let, me, let me paint a few pictures here so you can get a, a very different perspective on this. Um, let me just start way out there, okay, and then we'll bring it more to Earth, so to speak. On the advanced planets, 
there is not such a thing as overpopulation. Mm -hmm. uh, in the, a star system not too very far from here in the Pleiades, uh, the average uh, families live in um, a huge amount of property around them. The traveling thing, you know, we've got the car, and so you say uh, uh, Richmond is three hours from here, and that's a whole thing. Well, once you get past the gasoline version of it, and you can just get in your device and go to the other side of the planet in a few minutes, then you have a whole different territorial thing and the overpopulation of cities and the overpopulation. So the, the families, okay, and all right, are, are very well organized and, and the being chooses, gee, I'd like to be part of a family that plays with physics and so they incarnate and so they are brought up right from the beginning that way and, and it's a very different system than we have here. Right now, our planet is already to the point where we are overpopulated. There are too many of us for what's going on. Now, as far as passing your gene message on, don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, that's just such a non-issue. That's a pure ego drive. That's the idea that uh, I must reproduce myself. Because, and here's the ego. I haven't left enough of a mark in the world. I'm going to have to pass that leave a mark on thing to my child because I haven't. So there's the place at which you can say I've left no mark on the world and I'm okay with that and it doesn't matter. And that will be correct. The, the have to, see the word have to is a bully speaking. You have to know that. No, actually I don't. I don't have to do anything. Oh my God, how can I? No, I don't have to do a thing. I can sit here without moving for the next 35 years. And that's called the gazing meditation, by the way. And then in the gazing meditation, one day a bird lands on a tree and you go, oh, that wasn't a bird, that wasn't a tree, that was me. Congratulations, you got the gazing meditation. It's, that's the point. It's all you. So we don't have to do anything. We don't have to reproduce. Believe me, people reproduce. We don't have to do it. Okay. So, then you're free of all that. You don't have to... Now, because you're free of that having to do, then you can choose being instead of doing. See what I'm saying? Okay. Now, if you actually choose being instead of doing, a lot of people don't get being. As soon as you, you explain what I just explained, you, you can be, you don't have to do. Well, being, uh, what do I do with it? Eckhart Tolle's joke, but nonetheless, it's a great joke. Yeah, I, I, I can't just be, I have to do. Well, you're telling me you're very young. <laughs> no, because the, <laughs> the part of us, once we get to a certain maturity, as we were saying earlier in the show, it's entirely possible to uh, simply be. You know the, the old-fashioned staring contest? Let's have a being contest. Yeah, there you go. Get 20 people together in a room, first person that moves, you're out. Yeah, because you did. Yeah, get your friends together. Oh, we're having a be-off. 
<laughs> I want to be on. Ah, I thought so. You're out. Yeah, okay. Just being. And be? No, just being. How do you just be? That's what I'm saying. We, we so have to do. Okay, well, certainly here in the Western Hemisphere. In the Eastern Hemisphere, it's easier to just be. You know, be. Uh, Zen, the Buddhist ambition to have no ambition. Easy thing to do. <laughs> did you hear that? I did. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, so it's, it's perfectly okay. The world's perfectly populated. And the, the stuff, see, that's that individual ego, that individual drive that I have to be the one that reproduces, that I have to be the one that passes this thing on. Okay. You just let go of that. It's perfectly all right. And when you let go of that, as you were saying at the beginning of the conversation, then you can focus on something else. And it's the focusing on something else that is the increase of consciousness that is going on all around us all the time. So if more of us chose to develop our potential, we would be doing this well. Well, makes sense to me. Is this makes sense to me too? Yeah. So it's okay. It's perfectly yeah. okay. There we you are. Make, yeah, we want to make art. We want to make a lot of art. Oh, how excellent! I've spent yeah. a lifetime doing that. Yes, and we love you for it, and thank you. Oh, thank you for uh, you were calling from Washington State, Bremerton, Washington. Oh man, I am so called to that area. It's like Seattle. I get wrong numbers from Seattle Exchange. <laughs> I mean, literally called from. Literally. Hmm. It's literal. I'm thinking of just going out there and, and seeing. I should. I think so. Yeah, there's something about it. It's um, uh, just pulled up there. I've known a lot of people that have gone up there. It seems to be a, a place that has, uh, they have cable TV there, if I may ask? Um, I'm watching on the computer. Yeah, yeah. Do they have places that, I'm sitting in a studio in Virginia with a bunch of cameras, high guys looking mm -hmm. at me, in a cable access, Fairfax public access, uh, where... Oh, oh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, they you do. You do? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, email, if you wish, telepathictv.com. Uh, mm -hmm. at yahoo.com right. and um, I would like to, to find out more about this and send some uh, discs out there to cable stations around there and find out how that works. And oh, wonderful. Yeah, I think that would be great because yeah. the local... Yeah, uh, if you would be so kind to do that, it would be greatly appreciated. Great. We probably have a Ruby Tuesdays out here, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, we'll look forward to you. Yeah, thank you. yes, thank you. Uh, we'd love to hear from you on the show again, please. Great, that was an thanks. excellent question, by the way. Excellent totally answer excellent. as well. Excellent yeah. answer. Thank yeah. you. Oh, thank All you. Right, bye. Okay, bye for now. All right, so the idea of um, this advanced consciousness, and I've read so many books, I've studied, and I've channeled, and I, I take people off planet, if you wish, you can call and I, uh, we can set it up and uh, we can go to your original home planet 
and uh, you can get an idea of who it is you are coming from. That's a very important aspect of us understanding who it is that we are. And I am told that the duck, the duck is standing by. And here's Michael Maber, our, our duck dangler. Thank you very much. Got the duck. And we got creativity. Okay. All right, creativity is a very interesting thing because we are all, all creative all the time. We don't do anything else. The idea is channeling the creativity to create a greater ness, and you do not have to. That's the bully. Um, creativity is, um, uh, in the book I talk about the trinity of creativity, and the trinity of creativity is um, inspiration. Inspiration means to have a spirit enter, so you get the inspiration. And the second part of the trinity is the process. So I'm inspired and I go through the process. I get the canvas and stretch it and the, uh, prime it with uh, gesso, or I guess so, and, and then I paint my painting, think. And then, okay, so inspiration, process, and then boredom. That is the way that works. Now, boredom got a lot of bad press. Now, what I'm telling you is when someone says boredom, they are telling me that they are standing by for their next inspiration. That's what they've told me. So when the kid says, oh, I am so bored, I agree with them, yes, you are. And if you weren't so bored, what would you be doing? And then that that's a, can open the door to their next inspiration, whatever that might be. But we, the human race, are constantly inspired, process, boredom, inspired, process, boredom. That's who we are, and that's what we do. And any of the thirds in that are essential to us. You can have the inspiration and not do the process and skip straight to boredom, and, and that didn't do much. Um, my beloved mother always used to say, that's a great idea, it's not going to do anyone any good rattling around in your head. That was mom. And I always wondered why my head rattled. And it turns out that that's when I'm not acting on inspiration. So, again, the trinity is inspiration, process, boredom. Or inspiration, process, boredom, depending on if you have a left-handed or a right-handed trinity, which is, again, another concept. Okay, so the idea of becoming... Uh, seriously, if you have a question, do pick up the phone, and we would love to hear from you. Um, interpret a dream, uh, anything that you would like to ask. What is it that is stimulating you? Um, what is it that would request an answer that is in you right now? What part of this may we assist you with? processarily, and so to speak. And um, we can certainly find um, a connection to uh, anyone that would like to call to talk about whatever that might be. 
and there's the little civilization, which is very cute in there. Now, let me see what else. Some time ago, I read one of the short stories, and um, apparently it was good. No one uh, voiced anything uh, negative about it, so I, I would say that one's working. Uh, I will be, in a couple of weeks, again doing um, personal broadcast over Ustream uh, on the subject of language codes, so we can get that to be a more um, more effective method of uh, very simply, and to sum it up, hi caller, what's your name please? Hi, my name is Broman. Broman, what can I do for you? Hi, um, I am a great collector of crystals. Uh, ah. been, I've been around this nation and others, and I've collected hundreds of different types of crystals, probably in the neighborhood of about 700 different types of crystals. Whoa. And I, I feel that there is a, there's a there's a sort of a different focus that I have with each crystal as far as mm -hmm. how I feel when I'm using it, um, even how I feel after, you know, in the following days. Um, and I was wondering if, if there was an explanation for that, maybe the uh, the original locale from which the, the crystal was uh, found or uh, something along those lines. That is an effect. And also, we human beings are we really still do not recognize the uh, um, cataclysmic amount of creativity that is a human being. So that if I pick up, I've had this crystal on this show three, four, five times since I got it, and uh, every time it's different. Well, I, I, that is a correct answer. And another correct answer is every time I'm different. So every time you work with a particular crystal and the growth that that crystal assists us to assimilate, then the next time we pick up and work with the crystal, it's at a different level and at a different level. Now, the actual origin on the planet of the crystal, the place that it came from, and I've heard this dissected by many brilliant minds. The Arkansas crystals are said to be the youngest and the uh, I imagine you know all this, the, the axis that's within the crystal and uh, depending on how long the crystal has existed and how slowly or rapidly, etc. All of that's real. I, I'm, I'm saying that is a correct answer and I'm also saying that the crystals you have because they found you and, and that's a correct answer and you found them and that's a correct answer um, are perfect. They're doing what it is they are to do. And uh, do you, Brahman, do you have, um, n you have knowledge of crystal grids where you configure them, is that correct? Uh, yes, that's correct. Yeah, I have, uh, we've done an uh, advanced class where we've had a number of grids. Over the many seasons of our program, I've, I've shown like a seven-sided figure that was um, uh, translated the windowsill of God in the 1600s when it was first published seven-sided figure, and I found that I can set up a seven-sided grid to do a particular process. I found that if I set up an all-amethyst grid, uh, that I can direct certain things to occur that way, a five-sided grid, uh, etc. If you want to um, 
email again at telepathictv at yahoo.com and you can give me a, a snail mail address. I can uh, mail you two or three. Uh, where, whereabouts in the country are you? I'm in uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. All right. I lived in Milwaukee for seven years, a delightful oh. seven years of my life. Yeah. I still think of going back there. Uh, and will, uh, just when I get to that point, but oh man, that is a delightful place to live. Yeah. Oh, that is one of the smoothest places on earth. I got so much out of that time period. Uh, send me the email, telepathictv.com, telepathictv at yahoo.com. Give me a, an address, and I'll mail you three or four. I don't know if you have them or not. If you have them, then you've got duplicates. But I'll mail you uh, a few configurations. You know, a piece of paper that has a diagram on it. You put the piece of paper, and then you put a crystal grid on it. Uh, and as you know, tell it to do something. And then that... Um, I, I've been just totally amazed by the authenticity and power that uh, Crystal Grid has. Uh, I knew a person in the hospital who was uh, complaining of dehydration and hunger, and uh, since the hospital was five hours away from me, my solution there was to lay down a grid and uh, on the phone the whole time while I was configuring the grid. And uh, when we, Mary and I, when we put the last crystal in place, that very moment that the crystal dropped, the nurse came through the door with the water and food. Uh, just an astounding thing, the um, capacity that crystals have. We, um, locally we do, a pro you know, we can Skype somebody into one of the crystal glasses also. Uh, there's really only the place for one. Um, Roman, I guess this is pretty close to the end of the show. I'm going to announce that locally here in northern Virginia, and in fact in Fairfax Circle, uh, the crew and I are going to be at uh, Ruby Tuesdays um, in Fairfax Circle in uh, about a half an hour, roughly 20 minutes. If you're out and about, come join us. Uh, copies of the book. Uh, Mary and I are translating some of the lost episodes of uh, telepathic TV uh, from the umatic discs that they're on, uh, so that uh, umatic tape that they're on into discs, so that we'll be putting uh, a limited number of the very early. Uh, tonight's show was 534th of the series done here in Fairfax. We've done other series elsewhere, and um, they'll be coming up on the archives, so you can get an amazing view. Next week, call in with what you feel has changed in the last 10 years. We'd like to hear about this and uh, the probability of um, projecting past 2012, which is not a stopping point at all. If I was going to call it anything, I would say it was the beginning. Uh, and what you think it's going to be like 10 years from now. And it won't be that your iPhone can toast a Popham. What is the name of that thing? toaster strudel the other I don't care <laughs> all right anyhow we thank honor and love and praise you for participating in the show and um, let me see what else hey do you have a crystal in the house hold it up and we'll have the crystals talk to each other and then I'll get little
pointy things in my ears from talking to the... We love you. Thank you.